Fifty Shades of Terror may include descriptions and discussions unsuitable for young audiences. Episodes may contain adult themes, language, and content. Listener discretion is advised. This is Idaho, the Swan Valley Monster. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 50 States of Terror. 50 States of Terror. We hope you enjoy us singing your intro. Yeah, it's fun. I don't think we could do a quiet, normal talking one if we tried. No, because I listen to too many other podcasts, and like, it's like, well, what don't they do? They don't sing on the intros. <laughs> well, there's one that I listened to over the last few episodes. They've actually been singing the intro songs for all the people who have died. Oh, Lord. So maybe we should be jamming out to like Bad Out of Hell because Meatloaf passed away at the time of our recording. It was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I'm very sad with that one. Yeah. Um, my favorite uh, Meatloaf moment is Rocky Horror when he busts out the freezer. I, I would say that one, except when I was, uh, I don't know what year the movie came out, but I remember being at a sleepover. And Meatloaf is the bus driver for the Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. And they're for, talking for about... the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're talking about that the toilet's clogged. And he's like, <laughs> I love those girls. And I would do anything for them. But I won't do that. <laughs> and I was the only girl at the sleepover that got it. <laughs> yeah. And my another favorite moment, well, memory of Meatloaf was he had a music video for that song. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Mm-hmm. That music video is like... Maybe an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> it is very, very long. My Aunt Sherlyn loved Meatloaf. So growing up, she she told me that Meatloaf was my uncle and that Axl Rose is my uncle. So when I was a little girl, I'd run around saying, Uncle Asshole, Uncle Axel," <laughs> Because I couldn't say my S's right yet because I was so little. Yeah. And Louis Anderson uh, passed away, too. That's a bummer. He was a funny. He was a funny guy. He was a really funny comedian. And he, he passed from cancer. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer, fuck COVID. Fuck COVID. Let's just get rid of both of them. Yeah, one shot. Like, poof, just cured. For real. Anyway, let's let's go into less depressing things. <laughs> um, let's get into... Well, actually, a lot of our stuff is going to be kind of depressing today, I think. Well, I mean... Um, so, researching this thing, the Swan Valley Monster, uh, there is only certain... T- amount of information that you can find because there's not a whole lot of firsthand uh, encounters with it. It is written about in a a bestiary that is around the area, but the history of Idaho is just completely fucked. Well, before we get into that, let's make sure if this is your first time joining us for 50 States of Terror... We reference bestiaries pretty often, but Anthony, can you tell me what a bestiary is? It is a book of monsters. Straightforward, to the point. Yeah, I like it's, it. It's what it is, a book of monsters. It is fantastic beasts and where to find them, yeah, but in the real world. It was used a lot with um, up-and-coming scientists who research anatomy, both uh, creatures that they found in the wild and creatures that they thought they saw mm-hmm. in the wild. So some bestiaries that you find can can be one of a wolf and then turn the page and holy shit, it's a wolf man. <laughs> you're like, right. you're like, well, like, okay, all right, cool. Uh, yeah, so that is a thing that I really like to say. Bestiary. Bestiary. 
I thought it was bestiary for a while, so now I, I feel like it's almost very French, like bestiary, bestiary. That's not, it doesn't even sound French, <laughs> but it just, it just sounds fancier, bestiary. So we've talked about bestiaries in the past, um, whether we were making D&D jokes or whether we were talking about different ways that we've found different cryptids recorded. And yes, they did have actual animals. They also would create images and descriptions just based on sightings. Yes. So you really would have this mix, uh, this mishmash, hodgepodge. There's yeah. there's a word in there that's real that I'm looking for, of these different fantasy and real creatures. So you really would have dragons next to dogs. Yeah, and it's amazing to look through some of the old ones that you find on the internet, and the artwork that that is that's done the illumination by scientists. These are mm-hmm. these are scientists, and they are like incredible artists <laughs> like, like holy shit you could have you could have like if you're living today you could have been in easily been employed by by you know wizard of the coast or paizo so yeah but let's be fair to be a scientist in some of these historical periods you really just had to be an old white guy that could draw and you could claim that they were real and bam you were a scientist yeah don't yeah. be a woman though because then you're a witch yeah you're a witch I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> so on to the Swan Valley Monster. The Swan Valley Monster is located in Idaho. Yes. And Idaho is known as the Jim State. Yes. Which was thought to be taken from a Native American term, which is more of Idaho, which means Jim of the Mountain or Light of the Mountain. So just like everything else in the U.S., we took it from the natives, we called it our own, and we didn't really give them proper credit for it. But... Yeah. Um, so we have the state of Idaho, and I have a description from the Idaho website, the .gov, as Idaho has a rich and fascinating history. When Congress created Idaho Territory in 1863, the new territory sprawled across an area one quarter larger than Texas. Today, the state is smaller, but Idaho is still as large as all six New England states combined with New Jersey, Maryland, and Delaware. Consequently, to travel from Bonner's Ferry in the north to Montpelier, Montpelier, Pelier, Montpelier? Uh, I would probably just go with uh, Pelier. Okay, don't come for me, Idaho. All right. <laughs> in the southeast, encompasses a trip of nearly 800 miles, only slightly less than traveling from New York City to Chicago. The Idaho State Historical Society offers several ways to explore that. 800 and... miles ain't shit. <laughs> We're, whenever we talk about road tripping, the the biggest part that we have to figure out is how the hell to get out of Texas. It takes a day <laughs> to get out. Of we t- can't even. Yeah, we can't get to another place yet like, because I've, we're in South Texas. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen like um, uh, those. Uh, how how large is is your state compared? Blah blah blah. Like uh, I've seen Texas fit. Pretty much, damn near all of Europe. Of Europe. <laughs> it's like, and, and Europeans are, are like, yeah, you know, we take we take the train, and you know, two hours later we're in Prague or something. We had lunch in Paris, and then we hopped on the train, and then we went to Germany for dinner. Right. So, and... what, so when you're on these on these Reddit posts, and, and you're like, yeah, I live in South Texas. Like, it in six hours, I'm still in like central texas right. <laughs> like, we went to san antonio for breakfast and we got dinner in austin like <laughs> it's a it's a different kind of thing texas is big texas is big anyway okay so idaho is no longer as big as it used to be 
But some of their stories are bigger than life. Yeah, so this Swan Valley monster, it is gnarly. It is ugly. It's an ugly son of a bitch. And, and, and I'm going to explain uh, what I what I think would have happened if someone were to were to like look at this on the Snake River where this is at Swan Valley and maybe see this thing because it's described as as lo- as tall as a human man and as long as probably three men. Okay. And it has this elephant-like trunk. It has these spikes for a mane. The body is almost dinosaur-like, and it has six legs. Yeah, it's got like five sets of legs or four sets of legs. And it's spotted. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is a fever dream in the 1800s. I'm pretty sure that this looks less like an animal than what our three-year-old is capable of drawing. Yeah, honestly. And the first-hand account is described as this thing slowly exiting the snake river with its trunk expels this acid-like substance and it it kills all of the vegetation around it and the two people who saw it on august 22nd 1868 went to try to get a wheelbarrow to, <laughs> to to haul this fucking thing around and then on pond returning obviously it wasn't there anymore but the surrounding area was just dead. Trees were shriveled up and all the vegetation around it were all just dead. And it smelled to all holy hell. I have a couple of things, theories, what I think happened. Okay, so I want to clarify first. This thing has an elephant head. Y- yeah. <laughs> and like that, that is their description. It is drawn with an elephant head with tusks. Yeah. And the acid is coming out of the elephant's nose like a hose like uh, like a hose well you can't see us we're waving our arms around yeah. as if to to emulate a, a hose so it's just and it's spewing secre- and it, it secretes it too okay so like out of out of every orifice it's it secretes this don't say orifice <laughs> moist <laughs> is your orifice is your orifice moist moist <laughs> get out of here you're banned from podcasting. <laughs> yeah, so it is a gnarly, crazy. We're gonna have. We have to post this picture. We'll post this on our on our Facebook and our Instagram. And yeah, we'll do it on Patreon too. It is just so hideous. Yeah, I have some theories that what could have uh, happened. Okay, give me your theories, because you did the majority of the research on this one, and I am ready for your theories. The history of Idaho, let's just do that first. So the Sun Valley location is right next to Wyoming and uh, closer to Montana, too. It's actually part of the Yellowstone ecosystem. Correct, that's, that's correct. And before 1868, it was part of four different territories, Washington, Oregon, Montana, and Wyoming. Before it became Idaho Territory... And signed as a state by President Abraham Lincoln in 1890. The history of it, you have between 18, uh, let's say 1820s, and then you have the gold rush. And that started in 1859, 1860. So enter all of the 
Eastern population. All the minor 49ers? Dude, coming straight from the East, trying to make their fortune onto the West Coast. And this is a place called the Gym State, right? Yeah. So, I mean, are they hearing that this place has like all these gyms and, and natural precious resources? Well, I'm, a, I'm going to, I'm going to, to assume that, uh, that was primarily for the landscape and slash the fact that you can find your riches okay. in Idaho. Okay. You had all the Easterners coming in from this gold rush and trying to make it rich. There were a lot of native Americans already in Idaho and income, the, influx of well white people coming into idaho we're the worst and they are taking their lands okay they are trying to take over their farmlands to take over their property to uh, try to to get their riches so between 1860 and 1868 was the largest in influx of this population okay okay in that were incredible amount uh, of wars between the settlers, quote unquote, and the colonizers, the colonizers, and the indigenous people that were there in, in Idaho. What I think probably happened, where these two guys saw this thing, is that they were either a hallucinating, probably from the medicinal ingredients, what have you, you know, whether it's peyote or whether, whether it's mushrooms or what have you, that the indigenous people used for medicine and for medicinal purposes, either they took way too much or they found some and they hallucinated on, on this, confiscated it. I, I don't know. That's the only probable thing I can think of is these guys were just, just tripping, tripping balls, balls when, they, when they saw this. This thing is like the... Rated R version of a heffalump and a woozle having a baby. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that scene from oh, oh. Winnie the Pooh? Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. terrified me. But when you look at this, it looks like a heffalump and a woozle mixed together. It's nuts. Like a mutated radioactive heffalump and woozle. Yeah. And also during the time in, in August, um, Idaho has a... It's, it's, it's hot in Idaho, too. I didn't know that. Like it gets kind of it gets kind of warm up there. Really? Yeah. In August? Yeah. So if you're if you're outside all day trying to make a you know trying to pan for gold and then you're not you know hydrating, you know you, you can hallucinate probably. Well, I wonder maybe if they drank something and something was in the water. Uh, possi- you, can, you can get all sorts of nasty stuff if you drink stagnant water. Yeah, possibly too. But with the with the people coming in from the East Coast, and they they're taking all the land and they're just being bastards and all and all, and all that. I. I, I almost want to say that the this was like a, a fuck you to them, and either they were given the, all this stuff by the by the Native Americans to see what would happen, or, or they're like, like, oh no, he's a he's a, a is foreigner. This, is oh. this like when uh, I go and people give me really spicy food because they're like, oh here you go, Gringa, and I get like the really 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 spicy stuff? Oh yeah, I I don't know, but I can't think of any other other way that only two guys saw this thing and no one else did. So you're saying that this thing is too fantastic to be a misidentified creature. And because only two people saw it, that this was not a shared hallucination. This wasn't a mass hallucination. This was two isolated people that were buddy, buddy hanging out together. So if one of them ate something, the other one probably did too. Yeah, probably. And now they're feeding. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. It looked like an elephant. And now he's like, 
it did look like an elephant, but it also looked like... And then their story kind of yeah. commingled. <clears throat> because if if you have ever partaken in any hallucinogens... I have not. If one person describes something, it instantly is is projecting on the other person. <laughs> I'll uh, put that on my to-do list. I, or not to-do list. I'll just keep that in mind. <laughs> so I have this this like inner this inner thing in me that, that says, yeah, either they got into something or they were given something by people who know what, what the substance was. Because even doing research on if mushrooms grow wild in mm-hmm. Idaho, uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms do not typically grow in Idaho. They don't. It's only a, a it's only a South thing. It's like only from like Texas and to Mexico type thing. Huh? Because they definitely grow. They do. They do. All but, over. But not now. But, but not hallucinogenic, psychoactive. Huh? Yeah. So and we're that, not like doing like DMT out in the middle of northern Idaho. Yeah. Or yeah. Exactly. Or, or you're not finding the the magic mushroom on a cow pie. Well, I wonder as they were coming over if they were bringing livestock with them. Um, they had to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, if they if something, I don't know. You know, I haven't I haven't really specifically looked into the the history of hallucinogenic drugs have traveled through the U.S., but maybe I'll add that to my research topic list. Yeah, because the, the only the only thing I can think of is these guys are just tripping balls, or they were um, severely dehydrated in the sun, panning for gold. And I feel like. Every episode, I'm like, oh, it could definitely be this creature. It could definitely be that creature and have a, you know, being the skeptic one of the two of us, there's always something I can fall back and be like, no, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably this. There's absolutely nothing on God's green earth or hell's half acre that this thing could potentially be. I have. I'm on, I'm on board with you because normally I'm the one who's like, yeah, it has to be real because, you know, it, it resembles this or... It has to be real because there's a link to something. Now, this one, it's like... No. No. And even just anatomically speaking, it has so many different features from different species and different genetic buildup. So we've got an elephant head, we've got scales, we've got fins. Yeah. There's just no way all of that would work. Yeah. Yeah. And the other theory that I had is we talked about this on, on previous episodes where uh, it was a scare tactic used by... Um, the people who were colonizing the area. Oh, the Colorado rock bolt slider. Yeah, so this could could have been slide rock bolter. Slide rock bolter. Yeah, there we go. I got it wrong <clears throat> in the episode too. So it could have been something that they made up that's so out there that they know that nobody could believe except what they believe to be stupid Indians. They're like, oh, they don't. They they which would be their words, not ours. Yeah, exactly. Like they. Oh, they're inferior to us, mm-hmm. so they must believe this thing that's around this area. So we can just stay here and right. keep and keep trying to do what we're trying to do and take over all all the lands. I think what they did here, though, if if that were come to be the real thing, I think they just made it too crazy. They just made it too far over the top. It's so unbelievable that I don't think anybody else could even really conceptualize what it looked like until yeah. art came out. But the guy that made the claim, he was a pretty upstanding citizen. Yeah, he was uh, someone who is respected around town. So, like most claims that we come across, it's always been, well, that guy's an upstanding man. You know, he's he whatever his he says, it must be true. I'm starting to doubt these people. I wonder if they had those upstanding reputations 
before or if it just was colored that way after they made these outlandish claims. Oh, of course not. You know, I think I think there are a lot of historical stories and facts that we can just pinpoint. It's like, well, that dude, you know, left the East Coast to make his fortunes on the West Coast. But why did he leave if he was an upsetting man over there? Mm-hmm. If he was making money over there, why would he leave to, to make more? You know, I definitely think that the gold rush definitely brought out a certain type of person. Oh, sure. I know there's different. There are, of course, different facets of humanity that came out for it but i want to say as like a general laborer it definitely brought in a distinct personality type it would either bring out the rich and powerful the greedy crook or the person with nothing left to lose nothing left to lose to try to make a a a spot at the gold rush and and make a whole lot of money yeah i don't think it's always like that hallmark like good good family man goes out and he's going to make his money and get his house. Like this is, we're not talking about the land lotteries where people were trying to go out and get farmland. We're talking about people who left everything behind, left families behind and were out there panning for gold, hoping that luck was going to provide them. Most of the time they would die penniless. No gold for them. Yeah. Which is, you know, man, it's just a shitty thing to think about, too. <laughs> like, in the 1800s, like I can't even think about... I can't even think about what happened, like, five years ago when I didn't have my, you know, Samsung Note 10. <laughs> we were together five years ago. <clears throat> yeah, it's in, it just, like, thinking about... Are you talking about when we were poor, though? Yeah, it's just, just thinking about, like, what could... Like, this, that's unreal. Just when we were po-po. Get up and go, and, and you try to make uh, uh, your fortunes out in basically the middle of of nowhere where war is happening all the time against the the colonizers because we're going to call them what they are and the uh indigenous people who who were there you know i was reading the snake war and that's just that's just shitty i did read a little bit about the snake war um and we're going to talk about the snake war and that debacle and everything that went along with that, but we're actually going to save that for a detour episode. Let's do it, yeah. So if you are a follower of our Patreon, Patreon, you actually get access to our new detours. So if we're doing a road trip, is what we usually call it, a road trip of the 50 states, discussing different cryptids, occasionally we get to go on detours. So on our detours, it's everything we can't cover in an episode. Sometimes things get like a little spicy. Sometimes you're going to get bloopers in there. Unedited. Unedited. So it is going to be a raw recording. So we're just going to sit here and talk about whatever we want. Doesn't have to stay on topic. I think last time we got into Satanic Panic, uh, D&D, we talked about all sorts of things. And we just sit here for a little bit and talk about all of it. And then we slap it up on Patreon. Yeah. So I do want to go ahead and say that this podcast is a labor of love right now. We have a few Patreons and it almost covers all of our expenses. But if you do enjoy our show, if you're coming back and checking in every time we post, it would mean the world to us if you could join us on Patreon, even if it's just a dollar or two a month. It helps us cover what it takes to put this on Spotify. Um, It helps us cover the editing program. It just helps us so right now we are paying to put this content out for you however it works for you we would appreciate your support and of course you would get all of those patreon perks 
Yeah, even even the the lowest level of uh, support goes a long way for us. And we love our Patreons. Yes, we do. They're our favorite peoples. So let's rate this thing. All right, yep. Let's just get to it. So we rate our cryptids each episode on a scale of one to five golden Nessies. So think of them just like star ratings. Anthony, what do you rate the Swan Valley Monster? Overall, one. One golden Nessie. And I gave it one. One. <laughs> I gave it one. Just how crazy it fucking looks. <laughs> For that, for that reason alone, I was actually leaning in the three to four category because it is so absurd. And I feel like I've given other ones where like, this is just dumb. It's so absurd. Like one star, two star. But this thing is, it looks like a leech with legs and a heflump and woozle face. And I think it's just so far out in whatever field. I don't even know what sport it's playing. It is so ridiculous. I'm just going to have to settle on a three if there were more sightings than this one incident where we're pretty sure the people were just like really off their rocker, then I'd probably lend to a four. But this thing is just so crazy looking. I kind of love hate it. Yeah, it's like Stephalophagus had a fucking fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it had eyelashes like Snuffleupagus. Maybe that's what the whiskers are. Maybe they're not whiskers. Maybe they're eyelashes. Probably fucking little everything if there was a sesame street gangbang this is what would happen yeah pretty much that's a sentence that is in the world now (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much for joining us on 50 states of terror love you guys love you and we'll see you soon thanks for listening kisses and cryptids Do you need more 50 States of Terror? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. You can find us on Facebook, Patreon, and Instagram at 50 States of Terror. Now that's 5-0 States of Terror. And on Twitter at 50 States Terror without the of, you know, because of the character limit. (laughs) We'll see you there. Yeah, you will. 50 States of Terror is a Housecraft production. This episode was researched, written, and presented by Anthony and Kaylee Diaz. 